0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number one hundred and nine. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight?
2: I am doing well. I had a scratchy throat earlier
1: today. My Back daughter to was sick? sick. Oh my god.
2: Yeah. So, but it's it's kind of gone now. I don't know why. I had a tea. In okay. my You know nothing, John Snow mug. It's right. It's right there. You know, nothing, John it's No, It's very, it's a very large mug. It's like bigger than my fist, which is it's strange for a, a mug.
1: Yeah, that is a, a rather large mug. You were holding up to the screen. I got a good look at it, but well, I, I'm glad you're feeling better. And there's probably going to be more of that. Unfortunately, now that you're home, like all the time, all the time. And my son goes to school. So just like there's disease bags everywhere. You're just basically living, living like a, a lab rat. You're going to get tested on everything. That's true.
2: Or I will get everything and it will cancel each other out. Like, you know, uh, what is it? God, Mr. Burns. I was going to call him Monty Burns. <laughs> That's his name. But that would have been weird if I had said that um, he had his every known disease, but they just kind of keep each other in check.
1: No, <laughs> I'm not really Simpsons generation, but I, I know I understand God. the reference.
2: OK. All right. What's going on with you then? So I can stop feeling old for a second here.
1: Um, Not a whole lot. It's still, you know, not a whole lot to report. Still working a ton. Uh, We had the meeting at the radio station this week, so shows are going to get started now. So it is just training session after training session, and uh, sleep is no longer an option for me.
2: There you go. Uh, so so on the, the the me feeling old, I had a bone to pick, I guess, the me feeling old thing. Oh. What is this whole deal with the letter K? <laughs> okay. so that's, that's a bad thing now? So, Being, no, I know
1: lazy is not really great, but still. Okay. Go. So let me explain for context. I like to give Mitch the business on social <laughs> media. So you should follow me at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is at TLO Mitch. And if you're a podcast patron... We really get into it more on there. So I'll plug that before I get into the story. That's patreon.com slash eyes and aisles. So I saw this viral tweet and it was basically like saying the older generation doesn't understand what K implements or like what that means. So if you're, I'm 24, Mitch is 35. So when we text, sometimes instead of saying, okay, you will just write back K. And in like text language, like the younger folks, like, You only write K to someone like if you're pissed off, like if if you're mad at them, you give them a K. So I quote tweeted that, and I was like (laughs) at or CC my mom and Mitch. (laughs) So what's your bone to pick about this?
2: It's so it's so practical. You you ask for an affirmative, I give you an affirmative with a single letter. I only have to hit one letter, send, boom, done. Instead of. Okay, send. It just makes perfect sense. You, like your mom and I are probably on the same wavelength here, just going like, it seems just natural and easy to just do that. But apparently we're wrong because millennials like to co-opt everything for their own usage.
1: I know. It's all about the implication. Unbelievable.
2: There is no implication. The implication is I am a lazy MF. I just want to send you one letter because I'm so lazy, I don't want to have to type a second one. Or
1: maybe you're mad at me and being passive-aggressive, because that's something I would do. I would write K to someone if I was mad and being passive-aggressive.
2: I'm not really good at the passive-aggressive thing. It's usually just passive or aggressive,
1: okay. one or the other. See, I li- Passive-aggressive is my wheelhouse. That's my go-to bread and butter. That's a millennial thing, I believe. Oh, my God. Aren't you a millennial, technically? I I'm, i
2: I resent that, but I think you might be technically correct where I'm on the cusp.
1: See, because I'm on the back end. I didn't realize that 96 is the last year of millennial and then 97 is Gen Z.
2: So what's the first year millennial?
1: I think like like between 83, 84, 85, somewhere (sighs) in that range. Damn it. Yeah, I'm 84. I'm pretty sure you're a millennial, technically. Anyways, that's gross. I just threw it
2: up in my mouth a little bit. Let me drink <laughs> something. To Can we talk about some Islanders hockey then? I had a bone to pick and I had to throw up in my mouth. Great. <laughs> At that's the same great time. Great evolution.
1: So do you have a, um, I almost said bone to pick now. You got my brain confused. Uh, <laughs> so do you have an addition for us for 109?
2: Right. So every addition that we do over 100, we pick a draft uh, from the 2000s forward, uh, and we went this time with 09 because it's our 2 our, our 109th show. Uh we all know who got drafted in 2009. Uh right, oh, don't need to say their names again. Calvin DeHaan, Miko Koskinen, Anders Nilsson, Casey Zizekas, Anton Klementiev, who's uh, who I'm going for and then Anders Lee. No one else was yeah, drafted. Nobody in I don't remember
1: anyone else drafted from 2009. No one else.
2: No one else. So it's the Anton Klementiev edition of the uh of the podcast because he's the only player to play less than 2 games. <laughs> In the NHL, okay. in that draft Okay, see,
1: I would have bet zero.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, one. He played one game in the NHL. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to get into him a little bit later before the social segment, but that's the edition, the Anton Klementiev
1: edition. Fantastic. I can't wait to get my brain murdered by your questions. <laughs> this happens every week, but it's a running joke now. I kind of just go with it. That's fine. That's fine. It's for the fun of it, so it's okay. Mitch, let's get started with uh, Barry Trotz because he's had a lot of sound bites over the last couple of weeks. He even got down on the ice and was doing some push-ups. This guy, it's like his media tour. Like the good press is going through and he's just, you know, living his best life. It's great. It's great. I love
2: to see a coach coach and out-coach everyone even during preseason. It's just amazing to see like coaching... This is the type of stuff that you see during the playoffs, right? Like when he went to the Stanley Cup Finals with the Washington Capitals, he had done the lap yeah. right around the rink. And he, oh my God, the coach is getting involved. He's doing that nonsense in training camp. It's training camp. And he's like, all right, boys, let's do some push pushups. Dude's what, 56? I think Something so. like that? I have to oh. look it up now. Barry oh. Trott's age. Come on, Google. He's 57. And he's out there doing push ups with 20 and 30 year olds. Uh, good for him. Probably not as well, but you know, he's, he's not, did you see the, like the video they had of him in game two, just, So during the, I think the first period, uh, the first intermission. Yeah. He's a brick house. Oh no, he, he is stocking. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But yeah, he's out there just, yeah you know, living his best life, getting in front of the microphone and just out coaching everyone before the puck even gets dropped on the season.
1: I genuinely thank my lucky stars every single day that Barry Trotz is our coach. I'm extremely happy that the Islanders brought in Lou Lamarillo and that was exciting. But to me, like Trotz is just miles above the field. He is a incredible coach, uh, you know, behind the bench during the games. But the stuff that he does like this, he knows how to motivate his guy. So I feel like he's the perfect mix of, you know, a coach that the players love and then that like coach that. Everyone respects because he's so you know knowledgeable in the game and has that success as well.
2: I, I think it helps also that you see him more frequently. It's not that we don't see Lula Amaroli. He's hidden like Gar Snow behind some den somewhere in a basement with him and Jack Capuano. He's... He's there behind the bench and we see Barry Trotz every day and we see how his work impact or, or gets um, the impact of his work on the ice every day. We can see defensive work. Uh, we can see defensive systems. We can see the fact that they're not giving up goals. We see that. We don't necessarily see the impact of Lou Lamarolo bringing in a Robin Leonard until the season is over practically or a Valtteri Fopla until the season is over. We see the Barry Trotz impact immediately and on day one. And it's a lot of, like you said it's when it comes to the situation like this, where he's doing pushups and you see he's buying hearts and minds, not only because he's doing this stuff, but he's also got the wins to back him up. So he's just, everyone loves him. There's no reason not to like this guy. No. And
1: you know, and in addition to like the stuff like the pushups, he had some pretty stellar quotes recently, whether it was uh, the opinions, just an opinion kind of thing. It doesn't really hold any weight. Like I can have an opinion on the stock market and mm. it doesn't mean anything, you know, a, paraphrasing but that was essentially what yep. he was coming out and saying and you know that's got to motivate his players because i'm sure like listen they everyone says oh they don't read you know that stuff they they stay away from it but everyone yes. you know what's you know what's going on and to have your coach in your corner and for him to be like yeah that's you know ridiculous he that shows that he believes in you believes in the team and you gotta love that
2: You have to respect that, right? Like, even if it's a PR move and he doesn't necessarily fully mean it, I'm sure he does to a certain degree. uh, But that's exactly what you want your coach to be able to say right when he steps out in front of the camera. Look at Paul Maurice, like dodging uh, quotes from uh, Patrick Lining saying, I want to play in the top line. And he's just like Kung Fu Ninja Chop. You know, just say like, oh, well, that's what all players want. Though. All players want more ice time. I don't see anything wrong with that. What are you talking about? Just ha, huh, level 100 kind of <laughs> dodging and, you know, Kung Fu smashing these these quotes coming at him. And Barry Trotz is doing the same thing with uh, it's all crap that we're not an offensive team. Only well, you really aren't, Barry. Um, and it's a, you have your own opinions. I have my own. P.S. We had 103 points. What's up? Like, ugh. it's hard to disagree with the guy, but he's out there. Like, just master level, master level PR to to get his team to play the way he wants to play before day one.
1: Right. And if anyone's allowed to take a victory lap on uh, last year, it's Barry Trotz. You're definitely allowed to, you know, bring that, oh, the 103 points up for as long as you possibly can. And up until the season starts this year. And I, I know I look at all the projections and they're all with the Islanders in the usually like the mid to high 80s in points. I don't see how they drop off that much. I understand that, yes, this team probably regresses a little bit, but I think what those models are lacking is Barry Trotz behind the bench and his impact on his team. I don't think it measures that.
2: Well, it doesn't. Remember the, the last year how much it did not measure the impact of Barry Trotz on this team? But they had them in the 70s just the low seventies. Like this team had no business even looking or thinking about the playoffs. And then we have Barry Trotz come in and go like, guess what guys, lols. It's not just on paper that you play this game. We play this game on ice and I, I'm going to make this team competitive just by the virtue of defensive hockey. And it worked. It proved all of those systems, the flaw in all those systems that you can't quantify coaching.
1: No, you can't. And that's what I'm not going to go on like a, anti-analytics rant like i do think they have a a place in in the game and i'm also i don't know i'm somewhere in the middle i guess i think you need it to an extent but you also still need like that human element or at least you know acknowledge that there's a human element with you know coaching and other factors like that to me like let me ask it to you this way (laughs) would you want anyone else coaching this team no and isn't no, that weird to say that as an Islanders fan who had Doug Weight as their coach and Jack Capuano as their pretty much pick a coach after Al Arbour, anybody just about, yeah. <laughs> and we're at the point so, where you're like I want this coach that we currently have over anyone else
2: that we've ever had before or the field. As no, it I'm just saying right now.
1: like no, like anyone else available.
2: Yeah. Okay. Available for sure. Yeah. Easily. Because then you you could say, well, what about Joel Quenville? Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't mind Joel Quenville, but I, I would I would equate Joel Quenville on the same level as Barry Trotts.
1: Yeah. They're at least they're on the same level. You could pl- probably play the semantics games by put it, but I put them at the same level.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. But I I, I would take well, this guy's going to be less expensive. This guy being Barry Trotz would be less expensive <laughs> than Coach Cube. So I'm fine with that. True.
1: Uh, what was? Did you have a favorite Barry Trot, uh, Trotz quote or thing that he did this past week? Was one stick out more than the other?
2: The one that sticks out to me is him saying that they're they they are an offensive team, or that he is uh, okay with their five on five numbers. But I'm not so much. Like the Islanders okay. are the 16th highest ranked offensive team when it comes to just five on five. That's fine. It's better than 22nd overall in all situations that they were last year. Mm-hmm. But still, when you're you're average, I wouldn't necessarily like rest on my laurels saying, oh, we'll be fine. We were average in terms of five-on-five goal scoring last year. Finger guns. No. You need to improve that. That needs to get better. And at, at the moment, the way that the Islanders are going to get better or the way they feel they're going to get better is hope and a prayer. Is right. they hope that the guys that weren't that good last year or weren't great last year step up, like Beauvilliers. Or like a guy like Joshua Sanger or Michael Dal fill a niche. Or that Matthew Barzell hits the level that he had in his rookie year. Or Jordan Eberle. Right. So Or Anders Lee starts popping in more goals in 28.
1: Which that's not necessarily all that crazy. Not necessarily for all of them to hit. But I think some of those guys are going to get better offensively. Do I still think they need top six help? Probably. But they do have some key pieces that should have been better last year. Matt Barzal and Jordan Eberle probably being the main two. It
2: just seems like a strategy full of pitfalls and perils to say, oh boy, we're just going to, these guys that, you, that were terrible last year, or maybe not terrible, that, that's a stretch, that weren't as great as they should have been last year, don't you worry, wink, wink, they're going to be fine this year. And you're going, all right, well, there's nothing showing me that they will. So, especially Bo, with 36 points is his is his career high right now, and we're going to go, This guy's going to be great. Uh, I don't want to rest on that. He might be, he could very well be fine and and, and hit what you want to hit and then we'll be all right. But I'm going into the season saying that Anthony Bavilli is a risk because I don't think he can hit those highs. There's nothing telling me he can except for a half season sample size once in three years. That's not good enough.
1: No, it's really not good enough. So,
2: um,
1: that sketches me out a little bit. I agree. I I don't think you should be, like I made the comment earlier, taking a victory lap on having the 16th <laughs> best five on five. Uh, ideally, you're probably in the top 10 of both categories.
2: Ideally. And it's not to say they need to be the best, but you're right. Top 10. What about you? What sticks out from you or for you in regards to
1: um, Barry Trotz and his media tour 2019? Uh, honestly, for me, it's the push-ups. And I know that right. has really nothing to do with actually coaching, but... As I don't want to be like as a former athlete, I played high school <laughs> baseball. It's not like a big deal. But if I if my coach like was doing the workout with us, I feel like I would definitely take notice of that as a player. Like OK, like I feel like that's someone you run through a brick wall for and you need that in a long and grueling season like the NHL season.
2: Yeah, I remember when I was on the wrestling team, uh, we had our coach come in and he would do the training sessions with us. So it wouldn't be like, get down, boys, give us 10. Give, and he'd come in with his big belly, you know, stinking of like salami or something like that. No, <laughs> the guy was in there doing the drills with us. And that went a long way because when it went came to the tournaments and you were locking eyes with your coach as you're trying to get out of a gut wrench or something... You you would give him that extra that extra like you know twenty percent over a hundred
1: uh, that you wouldn't normally give to someone you didn't necessarily respect. Exactly, and I think that again, not necessarily quantifiable, but it is something that is important. Absolutely, it, it, it's hearts and minds, right? And it might not be for the the, uh, the
2: the NHL vets who already respect this guy. It's the guys like I don't know Samuel Budzik. That name just came by because I just saw that the Islanders cut him. Um, the, the cuts are coming but that that helps we're a guy that who who could very well be here within the next three maybe four years when barry Trotz is still here uh well three years um and that that goes a long way where he remembers that like this guy was still doing push-ups with us that's 57. i remember that that marked me then and it's still gonna mark me now
1: yeah no absolutely so uh, barry Trotz, thank you for your little positive media tour that was uh definitely beneficial for us this past week absolutely it felt good oh boy it felt good Mitch now let's get to uh some contract talk so there are two RFA signed the big one Mitch Marner and also- never heard of him <laughs> and Spurgeon who wasn't an RFA excuse me but uh he got himself a new deal as well so what we're gonna do sorry is- what, what did you call him Spurgeon okay I
2: thought you said Spurgeon and I was going "Oof, that's one too many hours my friend you're rolling that R way too heavy you got it. Never mind.
1: I was told uh, I, so, I could make
2: fun of you or something.
1: <laughs> I could have. Who knows? I don't know. My brain is still like half working. <laughs> um, so Barzell, Pulak, and Taze are all due contracts after this year. So what we wanted to do is first look at those two deals and then decide if and what kind of impact they have on those three. So what's your okay. take, Mitch?
2: Yeah. Well, is there any? I'm not so sure about the Jared Spurgeon deal impact on on any of our guys, mainly because Jared Spurgeon is 29 going on 30. Uh, He's no longer on RFA. He's been in the organization for a while. Uh, He he also just had a good year just now, and then they're going to give him seven years. Like, are we sure Minnesota, Like, is there something in the water in Minnesota where GMs don't make always great decisions? It just Uh, seems like a really long deal for a player like that.
1: Well, he also has another year left on his current contract, so realistically, it's eight more years. Unbelievable. Okay, that's even worse. Um,
2: like the cap, it isn't crazy for Jerry Spurgeon. What is it? Five point three or something?
1: I yeah, that sounds. a I should out- no should have this open. No, no, no. It's it's higher than that. It's in the oh. sevens. His old one was five three. No. Oh, you're right. Seven point five
2: million dollars. Oh, for a player who he did put up forty three points, and he's got thirty eight two years ago, thirty seven last year. Uh, two years, uh, sorry, 38 three years ago, 37 two years ago, 43 last year. But a, a lot of 20s, a lot of 20s between the 23 and 29 points there. It's just, Matt, yeah, maybe he's finally turning around, but to give him a seven-year deal when you still have a year left at 29 years old, he turns 30 in November? Ugh. With a full no-move clause for four years, and then a modified no-trade with a 10-team no-trade less than the last three
1: that's a rough one.
2: <sighs> That's a lot. I, I don't think that that impacts our guys necessarily. Okay, how about the Marner one then? 150,000%. Like, there's an impact on Matthew Barzell there. Easily. Okay. Just, if Matthew Barzell has a point per game season this year, he could easily command Mitch Marner money. There's no there's no if, ands, or buts about it. I would love for someone to argue against that.
1: Okay, so I, I will do that. Yes. Why? Why, why, why does, he... does he
2: get it? Mm-hmm. So we, we have to just assume for the fact, well, not just even assume. Let's just go off of the fact that Matthew Barzales only played two years in the NHL so far. Look at, at um, God, Mitch Marner's first two years in the, in the NHL. 60-point player, between 60 and 70 points. In his first two years, Matthew Barzales scored more. Uh, his impact in terms of the possession numbers are better. Uh, God, I had I had them a while ago. Uh, but he's essentially led Mitch Marner in most categories, statistical categories, including production, uh, over his first two years, he being Matthew Barzal. So if he, Matthew Barzal, has a good season, just like his rookie year, just point per game, 82 points as a center, he can conceivably get 11 point or 11 million dollars, which is more than Mitch Marner, who got
1: 10.89. All right. Like that's a
2: simple boiling it down, and I didn't bring up stats, but like that's a simple simple argument here is that if he has a good year, there's no reason that he can't. Mitch Martin had two OK years, then one great one. It's like, oh, blow the roof off this thing! Give me twelve point five million dollars, Connor McDavid money.
1: That's a good point, and something you always like to bring up: he plays center versus wing. Exactly, I hate that idea. Like to me, production is production, but if you got a point. Uh, like a,
2: it's more important to get production from your centers than it is from your wingers, technically speaking.
1: And it looks like they're starting to trust him in different situations as he played on the PK last night.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I get it. I don't really want him to be on the PK uh, simply for the fact I don't want him blocking shots. Okay. that That's really it. I know he's going to do it, and I don't want him to do it. I don't want him to take a Colin McDonald shot off the skate like he did in game one. I I still remember the sound of that coming off that guy's boot and like if his foot isn't broken in two I'm stupefied on how that's possible 2019
1: skate technology is (laughs) what
2: it's true I just don't want Barzal stepping in front of Ryan Pollock like slap shots because he's trying to kill a stupid Leo Komarov third period slashing penalty
1: that doesn't sound like Leo Komarov that's insane (laughs)
2: Sorry, Andrew Ladd. <laughs> oh, okay. Better. <laughs> uh, that, I, I just don't want that to happen, and I, I can see it happening. I don't want Matthew Barzell missing time because he's got to block a dumb shot because we don't have the third-line center who can
1: kill penalties. That's a valuable point is if he, God forbid, does get hurt. Center depth isn't looking as good as it once was. No.
2: Can't they get Brock Nelson to do that as a second-line PK killer?
1: PK center, yeah, I would think so. I think Brock could handle it. Yeah, he's a
2: better defensive player than Matthew Barzell is, which is ridiculous, but it's true. Um, and then you got cases. Zeke as your number one guy. Like I don't, I don't understand why this has to fall to Matthew Barzell.
1: No, it doesn't necessarily have to.
2: No, but but he he is like you you pointed out rightfully. He is playing PK or he's at least getting a look. Um, so his importance and his. Um, What's the word? Esteem in Barry Trotz's eyes is very, very high. So that, that plays into a factor. That plays into uh any sort of negotiation saying, like, listen guys, you play me in all situations. You've got to pay
1: me. Yep. What for your way too early prediction? Yep. What are you what are you giving to Barzal Pulak, and Taze?
2: <sighs> way too early on Barzal is ten point five. Okay. Pulak is 7, and Taze is 5. Okay.
1: What about you? I am close to where you are. I'm thinking I'm going to go 9.5 for Barzal. All right. I think it's going to be 8 for Pulak, and I think 5.25 for Taze. Wow, why that's very precise. Five twenty-five,
2: three, 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 three over three years. Um, yeah, like that, that, those aren't terrible numbers, and we could be high on those. Like, who knows, right? It, of course, it all depends on what they do this year. Of course, and, and we're both assuming that they they get better, right? Because they're all at the point of their careers where they're they're all three of them are, are are trending upwards, and so I could I could see you know forty to fifty points from Pulak you know, 30, 40 points from Taves, and then you got your point-per-game center Matthew Barzal. If they do that, then you're looking at the numbers that we just talked about, I believe. Yeah, probably. You probably are. What did Wierenski get? Didn't he just sign? Oh,
1: um... Oh, God, I can't remember off the top of my head. He got five over three years. But okay. I believe... Yeah, that's... God,
2: Jesus, that's his first standard player contract. That's his bridge deal. Wow. <laughs> uh, but it, again, he's putting up 47, 37, 44 over the last three years. You know, that's his first three years, or yeah, his last three years in the NHL. So, you know, it's pretty good numbers. But still, that that's not Pulak. Pulak isn't putting up those numbers yet.
1: He's close. No, he is close. If They're probably a good power play away from Pulak being a 45 point player. So if he, if, off of his first deal,
2: Zach Wierenski, who's putting up these numbers, is only getting five. Mm, maybe, maybe we have to lower our expectations on Pulak in, in terms I, of
1: what we're paying him. Okay, I would like to be there with. I would like to be there with you. I just don't know. I think he's going to command a lot just because he is their number one defenseman. I think we're going to pay him like one.
2: Right. Do we have to pay an Islanders premium for him? For Pulak? I don't think so. Okay. I just thought,
1: like, you want
2: to keep me, pay me. Although there are a phase, so where are they going to go? True. Although uh, we, we saw that with Mitch Martyr this year, right? He went until the very last second. And most of them, Renton Insel, hasn't signed, Lainey hasn't signed, Connors, blah, point. blah, blah.
1: Yeah, All, a lot are still left, and uh, the season is inching closer just a couple of weeks away. <laughs> That's true.
2: That's wild that it'll only a couple of weeks away. I, these guys just don't want to play in the training camp. You think that's, that's just, it? It has to be at a certain level. It's just kind of like, why do I have to sign right now? Because like, look how quickly some of these deals get done. Once, oh, they're they're back in in the specific city. Like, uh, was it McAvoy when he came back to Boston? They're like, oh, you're back. Okay, let's talk. Boom, deal. What? You you, you couldn't do easy? this over the summer. Why did you have to do it now?
1: Yeah, is it that easy? Like yes.
2: Well, according to Mitch Martyr's agent Darren Ferris, it's not. It's very complicated. And I, I, it might very well be. I don't know. I don't negotiate these things, but it, it does. It just seems like they can be done quickly, or they could be dragged out forever. I, and, and it it just seems to be random as to as to which one is which.
1: Okay. Yeah, it seems there's no really rhyme or reason to when any of these deals come. It seems like no. But if we're getting back
2: to the effects on. On our players, I think Mitch Marner has an impact on on Matthew Barzell going into next season. He will have an impact on everyone going forward. Apparently, Rantanen is now comparing himself to to um, to Marner, which is fine. Rantanen's is a great player, but come on, guys, like really?
1: No, not the same level.
2: No, I. I don't. Th- I think he's close, but uh, let's see. I, I... Miko Rantanen, twenty two. He has three years in the NHL where he put up 38, 84, 87. I don't know. That's pretty good. That's better than Mitch Marner.
1: Yeah, I, I guess.
2: Right? Like Mitch Marner had two 60-point seasons and a 94-point. This guy had 38 points once and then 84 and 87. Mm. Playing on the wing, right? I'm pretty sure he's a winger. Yeah,
1: on the right uh, wing. Yeah. Same side as
2: Mitch. Yep, that's fair. <laughs> There's the money. so
1: crazy. Yeah, maybe it's not so crazy after all. Might have got ahead of myself on that one.
2: That's fine. That, that's what this is for. It's, it's all about gut check.
1: Anything else on either of these two contracts and their effect on the Islanders? I would love for the Islanders to get ahead
2: of the curve and just sign these players. Yes, please. Um, but I don't think they will. And I don't think these players are going to want to do that either because they're going to take less money, uh, obviously, if they sign now. Uh, if they they have a good season now, or the, sorry, in 2019-20, they're going to get a lot more money. Like, Barzell could potentially sign and get, you know, an extra million dollars over eight years. Let's just say that, if he has a good year now. Um, but for a guy like Taves and Pulak, that's different. If they have a better season than they did last year, we're talking about a couple million dollars more on the top per year for however many years they're signing these guys for.
1: Yeah, probably. Well, especially... For Taze to me, because he didn't even play a full year in the NHL yet. Like, how are you going to give him $5 million a year if he hasn't played a full year? That's Like true. right now I'm talking.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it's in their, their best interest, they being the players, to
1: wait this out as long as possible. Right. They don't really have, the team doesn't necessarily have the leverage.
2: Uh, no. Again, there, there are a phase, but like the players don't have any leverage either at this at this moment. So it's better for for the players to just sit and wait. And the team, too. Like, if they just don't have a great year, then I don't have to pay you. Although that really sucks because you're really important for us and we have to make other decisions now. So (laughs) I I just, yeah, it just waited out. It's not going to happen anytime soon.
1: All right. Would you like to get into some training camp storylines? Yes, let's do that. Okay. So first things first, Simon Holmstrom finally skated, Mitch. Whoa, he can skate.
2: He's healthy, I guess.
1: Yes, and that is uh, big for the New York Islanders because, well, he hasn't been healthy for a very long time. Ah, This A a year. Pretty much the whole past year he he wasn't healthy. He was essentially healthy just before
2: training camp and then was no longer healthy.
1: Yeah, so he blocked the shot, missed almost two weeks, right?
2: Yeah, he blocked that shot like a week before coming over to North America, apparently.
1: Okay, yeah, so that was about, probably about two weeks since he was on the ice, so that one was, uh, it was good to see him out there, and we have a couple of games we could talk about, too.
2: Yes, uh, so do you want to talk about the games first, and like maybe players who stood out, players who didn't stand out, and then we could talk about cuts, and who, there's only been one cut that I've seen so far, and then we could talk about other players who we think will be cut.
1: Yeah, absolutely, so, so who are some of the guys that uh, stood out to you, then, from the games? <sighs>
2: Well, Tanner Fritz stood out yesterday. So in game number two, Tanner Fritz stood out, uh, played a good 200-foot game. Didn't really give you much in terms of offense, which I think to me should be the death nail there. But, you know, whatever. I'm not the one making decisions. Uh, Mason Yost, uh, it's clear that Barry Trotz likes him. Uh, Put him out there in a lot of key situations. Gave him a lot of ice time. Game-winning goal. Game-winning goal in overtime with a clutch play in his own end to follow it all the way up the ice and connect it with the captain. Beauty. Just beauty. Those are two guys who really stood out to me right now.
1: Um, I'm gonna go with a really cliche one, and Matthew Barzell. And I know that's like I wouldn't say that's sh- cliche, but I know
2: why you're gonna say that.
1: Uh, just because I feel like that's like a, the expected answer. But how he played last night was uh, it, w- it was impressive because he, the game really went on his stick. He controlled play a ton, and he looked more like 2017, 2018 Matt Barzell versus 2018, 19, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, and like Arthur Staple commented in his piece today, like usually in in training camp, in the first games of training camp, the NHL vets, uh, they're a little bit more sluggish, a little bit more rusty because they know they got a roster spot. They're not having to fight and and, and kill themselves going out there. Matthew Barzell was out there killing himself last night. Oh, he was, yeah. He played hard. He cares even when it comes to preseason, which matters. He's got the fire in his belly day negative five or whatever it is, right? So that's huge. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily chalk to say like, oh, Matthew Barzell stood out. I think that that's a good pickup because it's true. He stood out not because he was on the on the score sheet. He was, but he was he stood out because there was a fire in his belly before the season even started. That means something.
1: No, it does. It it absolutely does. And uh, someone else for me who stood out in not necessarily the, the best way, stood out as a very bland debut this year was uh, Noah Dobson for oh, me. God,
2: Jesus, Murphy. Really? How?
1: Why? Oh, God. Ugh. As bland. Did he do anything really all that memorable or is like, oh, wow, this kid it definitely looks like he belongs?
2: Yeah, he played great defensively. He made plays going forward. He took care of the neutral zone. He made sure that we didn't have they didn't have any scoring chances against us. How many goals did they score? One. Was he on the ice? I don't I don't really remember. I don't think he was. Watch
1: he is. I'm gonna go look it up now. I'm gonna look like an idiot. I I don't remember if he was on the ice. I know Eberly was on the ice for that goal. That's the only guy who I could tell you. Bow.
2: Uh I'm gonna look it up on the game score. What number is he? Forty six?
1: No, 45.
2: 45? Okay. Let's do this here. Oh, God, NHL.com. I hate you so much. Uh, game summary. So, when Raffles scored, Raffle, 41 was on the ice, which is Parker Wortherspoon. spoon. He wasn't even on the ice. So, boom. I love it. 45, right? He's a plus one. Oh, plus two. He was on the ice when Eberle scored. Because he got the assist, of course.
1: Okay, I don't... He didn't do it. I don't know. I don't think he really stood out all that much.
2: Which is... So, the argument you're making is the Michael Del Cole argument from last year. Where that actually mattered in a negative way. Where when he was called up, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything negative, but he didn't do anything positive either. But in training camp, Noah Dobson is doing positive things. He's gotten assist already in his first game. He was on the ice for the two goals four. He wasn't scored on when he was out there. He looked a bit you know, someone out there said well, he he didn't take the body well. Okay, well so did Anthony Bovilli. Anthony Bovilli is out there getting banged around too sometimes, and no one's saying like he doesn't belong in the NHL. So let's let's cool our jets. Dobson's on a lot the bigger though side. than Bo. He's a little bit bigger than Bo, sure, fine. But still. We're still not commenting on Bo not being able to stick in the NHL.
1: No, I think that Dobson is still by far the best prospect. It's just in his first game, he didn't wow me. He was Okay, I thought he had an okay game,
2: right? But I, I I'm saying this, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting all flustered about it because people are now using that justification, saying, "Look, well, he doesn't belong." You're going, "Wait, what do? You, in what? No. What?" I know you're not saying that. You, you didn't say those words. I'm just saying when I have heard the association of Noah Dobson didn't stand out, as in like he didn't have a hat trick or something, uh, doesn't belong. And you're going, "Really? There's more to this game than just putting up numbers, which he did, by the way. He's got an assist in the game." It was a secondary
1: assist. It's still a point. Point's a point, buddy. No, I know, I know. Um, Yeah, I'm not willing to go that far. I just think in order for him to make this team, he is going to have to have a very good training camp, meaning he is going to have to force the Islanders' hand because he would either have to take probably either Scott Mayfield or Johnny Boychuk out of the lineup. They are not playing a righty on the left side.
2: No, I don't think... (laughs) I don't think that Scott Mayfield is up for debate. I really don't. I, I'm I'm just getting more the more and more I read and the more and more I see, I just feel like Scott Mayfield's the second the second pair D on the right side and he ain't okay. going nowhere.
1: Okay, so then that makes it even harder, I guess, in a sense because we know the coach seems to love Johnny Boychuk too. So you have to play better and say, Okay, we now have to put this six million dollar cap hit in the press box. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't think his first game did that.
2: Maybe not. No, you might be right. His first game may not have said like, "Oh, he's better than Johnny Boychuk." Uh it's hard to compare, right? Cuz ha- is he better than the Johnny Boychuk I'm remembering at his peak or is he better than Johnny Boychuk today? We haven't seen Johnny Boychuk play yet. So we don't know where Johnny Boychuk is at either. And that's the assessment that we have to make. Cuz we're all remembering like, "Oh, Johnny Boychuk's a great player." And you're going, "All right, yeah, he was." He ain't no more, necessarily. It's not to say he's a bad player, but he's not what he used to be.
1: No, I think he's a, at this point in his career, I think he's a pretty solid third-pairing guy.
2: Right, pretty solid, whereas Noah Dobson could be a definitely solid to higher ceiling. And I know I'm arguing with you as if like you're making the case that Noah Dobson doesn't belong in the NHL, but I I know that that's not necessarily what Mm -hmm. you believe. Um, But it's more entertaining this way. (laughs) Oh, no,
1: yeah, no, you have to do the devil's advocate and just you know, playing out both sides here. I do agree that it is ridiculous to say that based after just one game that he is not NHL ready. I want to see him, you know, throughout training camp and the preseason here. Uh, just for me, he didn't stand out particularly, particularly in his first game.
2: Right. So, and and that that's fine. He may not have stood out to you uh, in your first game. That's per- perfectly fine. I just don't want anyone listening to then not not take your words, but think that if Noah Dobson didn't have a standout game. He already, he's already not making a spot. We have to remember, he's playing against necessarily, or essentially, Johnny Boychuk, who is going to be 36 in January, who is not in the greatest of um, competitive shapes, I would say. Uh, I shouldn't say that. That's not necessarily true. I, what I'm trying to get at is he can't play a full season. That's really what I wanted to say, and I, I said it right. poorly. I, I take back the not in great shape. I'm sure he's in fine shape. Um, it's that he can't play a full season. Uh But we have to remember that Noah Dobson is playing against a current day Johnny Boychuk. Not the Johnny Boychuk we remember from 2014-15 or 15-16 when he was at the peak of his powers for us. No, it's what is Johnny Boychuk today? We still have not seen that. And until we can see it, we don't know where the measuring stick is for Noah Dobson. So, so far, so good. He had an assist. He looked okay. He didn't do anything negative. That's all positives in my book.
1: Okay. I will take that. Are you still banking on your that he makes this roster guarantee? Yes. Okay. That's all that really matters here. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Okay. So uh, what other storylines from training camp do you want to hit on?
2: Uh, Joshua Sang, I would say, is is something, again, is another player who, the second he doesn't have, like, uh, two hat tricks in a game, people go like, oh, my God, he's done. We're not seeing him again. Let's let's hold the phone a second here. Joshua Sang was playing with Anthony Bovillier, who couldn't shoot the bright side of a barn uh, in game one, and either Casey Zizekas or Matt Martin.
1: Yeah, I thought you um you had a gif from that game of him feeding a wide open. It was Bovillier, right down low, and he just couldn't find the net on a pretty solid pass. It was
2: cross ice or cross uh, through the slot through two players, just like what Matthew Barzal did with uh, Jordan Eberle the other day. Uh, except or sorry, Derek Brassard, not Jordan Everly. Except for the fact that uh, Anthony Baville couldn't hit the net; he completely whiffed on the shot. Uh, I had someone come at me saying, "Like, well, oh, Joshua Sank should have shot it there. He doesn't have killer instinct.
1: Uh, get lost. Get lost. Unbelievable." I don't know if you set someone up with a wide open net, I think you probably did your job.
2: Yeah, exactly. It was wide open. He just needed to to put it home, get it home, and he didn't do that. He tried to shoot it to the sky and it went, you know, it essentially went to the moon. Unbelievable. And there was another play later on where he's, oh, where was he? <coughs> Sorry, it was a two-on-one and again was Bo, but Bo was going to the far side of the net instead of the, the near side. If he had gone near side, Bo would have at least got, maybe not a tap into to the goal, but at least had a good shot on net. Uh, but because he he went to the wrong side of the net, the, the opportunity went nowhere. That was too clear goal-scoring opportunities that Josh Hossein crafted out of nothing, mind you. It was a great, on that that second one that I just mentioned, uh, it was a great zone entry from Hossain, who carried it in, dipsy-doodled around the defender, not anything crazy, but just kind of made the defender eat dust, uh, and then got it to Bo, or got it in Bo's general vicinity, but Bo was nowhere near the puck. Just, yeah. that's what Hosang does, and we're all going to go like, ah, well, <laughs> Hosang, you know, not great defensively.
1: I'm done with that. Please like let's put that to bed, please. I'm Listen, I'm with you. And did you notice that on the Islanders graphic, so MSG was doing the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. They were talking about potential options on the third line and Josh ho name was not on the list.
2: Yeah, I saw you took a screen grab of that and I was also interested. He wasn't even so they had a big question mark on the left side of the of uh, the third line and then they mentioned a bunch of players down low. They even mentioned Andrew Ladd injured in in parentheses, but no Josh was saying. What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was bizarre. I don't understand why they wouldn't list him. He's clearly going for that position. It's because he has a two-way deal. Is it? Yeah, it is a two-way deal. It is. I guess, yeah. Which doesn't necessarily matter. He still has to go through waivers. It just means he will get paid less if he actually goes to the AHL.
1: Which I don't. I think he does. I think if the Islanders waive him, I think someone tries to get in on that. I'm sure if if they put him on waivers, someone will claim him for free. I would be surprised if no one claims him for free. Yeah, why not? Um. Okay, I'm I'm with you there on, on Hossein. Though I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. I wanted to talk about it. Perfect. Uh, that's all I got for this. again. The only cut
2: made to the training camp so far is Samuel Budzik goes back to Juan Aranda. So.
1: Uh, I think Simon Holmstrom goes back sooner than people realize. Oh, I'm surprised he's not on
2: the plane yet. So they have a break until they play on Friday, and that the, they're going to cut down, like Arthur Staples said, to two, two teams or two groups. Um, so look to make a, a number of junior cuts go, like Budzik, like um, Holmstrom. I'm sure he goes to
1: HG71. Yeah, I'm fairly confident in that, which just means his ELC is going to slide.
2: Yeah, exactly. It means nothing. Sorry, uh, but Dick isn't going back to Rwanda It's Blainville Brossard. Oh, sorry. Boise Brun.
1: Okay. Sorry. Thank you for clearing that up. You're welcome. That was definitely something that I was very concerned with.
2: <laughs> I just didn't want to be wrong.
1: <laughs> very fair. Uh, so you want to get into uh, our trivia?
2: Let's do it.
1: Okay, Mitch. I got something new that I want to give for you. Okay. It's eyes on Isles trivia. Ah, Let's do music. it. That's
2: amazing. Okay, so it's Anton Klementyev edition. Uh, so that means I'm gonna give you, Matt, three questions on Anton Klementyev. They're not gonna be super difficult ones. I'm not gonna. I don't want to take time researching him necessarily, uh, and I want you to answer them. So, All Fair right. Enough. So he's drafted in 2009 by the New York Islanders. Here's three questions about him. First, what's his position? What position did he play? Center? Incorrect. Ah. He's a defenseman. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. Uh, What round did the Islanders take him in? Mm. What round was he drafted in? In 2009 by the Islanders. Seven. Fifth round. 122nd overall. Was uh, drafted by the Islanders in 2009. Came from Togliati, Russia. Sounds like an Italian place. Uh, last one here. <laughs> where did he play last? And by where I mean like what country did he play in last? And play I mean hockey.
1: Where did, did he play he a different sport? <laughs> like, is he now uh, a jockey? Like, what does that mean? So, and by so play I mean hockey. I just really want to be specific here.
2: Where did you know what country?
1: Last? I'm gonna assume Russia.
2: That is incorrect. It's close. It's Belarussia. Do you want to take a, a second guess as to what year that was?
1: Belarussia?
2: Yeah. Sorry, Belarus. It's Belarus. It used to be Belarusia. Sorry, Belarus. Okay. What year was that? Yeah. 2012. 2016-17 was the last time he played hockey. He played 30 games for H.J. Comel uh, and scored 11 points. All right. You had me beat. <laughs> I didn't think you'd get that. <laughs> what? Did he play with the one game with the Islanders? He did play one game with the Islanders in 2009-2010.
1: All right, that's pretty good value. Thanks, Garth.
2: <laughs> well, listen, listen, that's the only guy in that in that uh, in the entire uh, Islanders draft class of 2009 that only played less than two games in the, in the, in the NHL. So, not too bad.
1: No, he did okay, I guess. I <laughs> being picky. <laughs> fair enough. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's get into the social segment, Mitch. What do you got for us this week?
2: I have one thing, and this comes from. At hockey season, spelled S Z N underscore, uh, he says I named the ball python at my job after a hockey player. Hashtag Isles, and this is a ball python called John Tavares.
1: <laughs> Boom! Yes.
2: Boom roasted. Boom roasted. You suck. Sorry. Unbelievable! I love that. That is phenomenal. It's really good, and it's written there in in the green, like you know, uh, dry erase marker on this ball python. At uh, Treats, I think is the name of the company, or maybe it's just, it's PetSmart. Never mind. I don't know why it says Treats there, but it's on sale. $40 instead of
1: $60. Get there. Give that ball python a nice home. Yeah, let's give him a a nice little home. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, our favorite town, Mitch. I'm going to go to Rumerville for my social one. So, Peter Schwartz of the, uh, oh God, where is he from? CBS? Sure. Uh, I don't. Forgive me, Peter Schwartz. Uh, I know he used to do uh, updates for CBS. Uh, nonetheless, he was at the game last night for the Islanders, and he took a picture. So there's an advertisement on the boards. Yeah. And it was for 1050 ESPN Deportes. I have a conspiracy theory that the Islanders are going to be playing some games on 1050 AM ESPN Deportes, Mitch.
2: I thought that they're it's all English language now. <clears throat> I saw something about that, I
1: believe, on Twitter. It wasn't when I was listening today. <laughs> oh,
2: oh boy! Okay, so for all you Spanish-speaking Islanders fans, there you go.
1: Uh, well, no, I'm, the Islanders games would be broadcasted in English if that's your question. Oh, that's, yeah, be my assumption. Um, but uh, that station they just do, I guess, uh, sports for ESPN in you know Spanish-speaking languages.
2: Do a lot of people listen to the Islanders on the radio?
1: I don't know the numbers, but I can tell you this. So yeah. I had someone on Twitter come at me and say, oh, well, radio stations, they they pay for advertisement all the time. Well, if a salesperson at 1050 ESPN days bought that advertising space, they should be fired because 92% of NHL fans, according to a study, are Caucasian and white. So... Why would you possibly want to target that fan base, if uh, that target audience, rather, if you are running a Spanish-speaking radio station? That makes zero sense.
2: And maybe you want them to know that you exist? I don't know. I'm clearly not in marketing.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, do, it doesn't make sense at all. And the average fan, I believe, is 49 years old. That's not their oh. their target demographic.
2: Really? The average NHL fan is 49? Yes, That's 49 years
1: old. That's bad study was from either 2016 or 17, I'm pretty sure. It was 49 years old and 92% white.
2: So sad. It's such an old white person sport.
1: Uh, So my theory is that they are going to play games on that station. So if you didn't see my article on the website, I nerded out. I went into my uh, little (laughs) radio nerd. So I put the coverage maps. And while the AM station would cover a lot more ground, it won't sound nearly that good i was listening on my way home from work and i work in dix hills and there were some spots when i hit the uh seafood oyster bay if you know where that is on long island those listening uh and it was coming in and out so that's in nassau county still even and it just wasn't 100 percent clear but it's was at nighttime and an am station like that's what's gonna happen fm is more clear but it's not gonna be the signal's not gonna go as far
2: can you not just broadcast NHL games over NHL network? Like don't they have an app that you could just kind of plug in Bluetooth styles instead of listening to AM radio?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would think so. I would think so. Okay. I'm just, well, do you have I to don't... pay for that or no? Probably. Yeah.
2: Whereas AM radio is obviously free.
1: Yeah. that That's my only thing there. <laughs> and someone asked me to, and I want to clear this up in case they're listening. They said, does they live in Florida? Could they listen through the stream? And i that's a good question, but I would lean towards no, because from my radio experience when I worked at a station that covered Mets games, they had to turn their stream off due to licensing reasons with Major League Baseball. So I don't know if it's the same rules for the NHL, what their agreement is with licensing and who has the rights to broadcast and if it could be streamed on that particular station's, you know, Internet stream. But I don't really have an answer for you. But that is my conspiracy theory that the New York Islanders will be broadcasted on 1050 a.m.
2: Is that huge news? Like, I I, I don't understand. is, Is that a big deal? I don't understand. Are they not broadcast on the radio right now?
1: They are broadcasted on WRHU, which is a college radio station.
2: Wait, what? Why? Why just a college radio station?
1: I don't know the significance. Uh, Hofstra is literally located, like, right by Nassau Coliseum. I I know where Hofstra
2: is, but, like, I don't understand why just college radio. Like, for a pretty big... Like, the the local TSN radio station here broadcasts uh, Senators
1: games on the radio. It's AM, but still, they do it. Right, um... So the Devils are on... There's two sports stations in New York, WFAN and ESPN Radio. Yeah. And the Devils are on WFAN and the Rangers are on ESPN. So I don't know if that there's a conflict there. Unbelievable. The Devils. But, the Devils. Come on. I would think, like... Well, you watch the games. Uh, when you watch, do you get those like the advertisements that pop up the like in-game things they do for WBAB? Do you ever see those? So no, uh,
2: because <laughs> I get a pirated version of someone's NHL um, network or whatever it is. So I, I get like the NHL.com logo or the NHL shield and says like uh, advertisements currently
1: running. So I don't okay. I don't see any ads. Gotcha. Okay. Sometimes they do like during the game, like look for your WBAB player of the game. Anders Lee, if he scores a goal today, call into Rogers and JP or whatever.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, that happens during the game. So I hear that for sure. I hear Brendan say that in the first period all the time.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I always wondered why they don't broadcast on that station because yeah, I understand it's a classic rock station, but it's still like that is one of the quintessential like Long Island stations. It's on FM. You would think that like that might make a little bit more sense than a college radio station. Maybe. And that's coming from someone who works in college radio. So f- as, as a radio guy, do you have
2: requirements to play certain, like, so if, I know for us here in Canada, you have to play a certain number of, of Canadian content on radio per hour. Uh, like, I think it's like two or three minutes. So Rush plays all the time. <laughs> someone's always playing Rush over here in Canada. Um, Okay. But is that the same thing for like a music radio station where I would have to play a certain amount of music so I couldn't broadcast like an NHL game
1: for two plus hours? No, the only thing that they would care about is getting the legal ID in at the top of the hour.
2: Right, okay. So yeah, let's say you're listening to CMH something or other on blah, 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 radio waves and the Islanders are up one nothing and then there's your read, right? So like it's done. It
1: could be... Three seconds. It yeah. just has to be. You're listening to WBAB and then whatever their city of license is. Right. Okay. It's, I think it's hmm. Babylon. I think. Sure. I don't know if it's on my head. Either
2: way, it's just me asking a, a radio nerd, a, a nerd, a radio
1: nerd question because uh, I didn't know who else to ask. <laughs> no, but that, I think I probably made a little bit of a bigger deal out of it because I I work in radio and then like I don't know that just interested me so I wanted to. I want to share it. I want to share my conspiracy theory and some uh, radio knowledge. I could do a little crossover event. There you go. I, it just
2: still just boggles my mind on how underserved this franchise is. Really, like we're we're talking about like the Islanders, who are an NHL franchise with, if you look on Facebook, over three hundred thousand fans, uh, and I'm sure it's even more than that, uh, who can't even get on local radio. They can't get their their games broadcast over the radio outside of a college station. You know, I, I'm sorry, I, I say college with a lot of uh derogatory uh 10 a very derogatory tends to it but like it's college radio it's not it's not like you said that's not what it's
1: made for right and like i said it's kind of weird coming from me because like i i work in college radio so i definitely have a bias there but i understand that's not what it's meant for it's not meant to carry professional broadcasts. it's you're supposed to cover your school or you know local events you serve your community that's that's the point of college radio.
2: That's right. So it, it seems wild to me that the Islanders can't get a non uh, they can't get a non college radio to carry their games. It seems so strange, and it's it just yeah. really emphasizes the point, crosses the T and dots the
1: eyes on how underserved this franchise is. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna because do, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm gonna look into it. I'm curious to see the radio stations of every team in the NHL. I would be stunned if there's another team that broadcasts their games on college radio
2: like vegas maybe and even then probably not because whatever they like professional I, radio station
1: no, i'm pretty sure they have sports talk i'm i think there's an espn station in vegas i don't know off the top of my head but i'm pretty sure they do have one
2: well there's there's your next goal in life matt is to create an islanders only radio station
1: okay i'm just gonna have to uh shell out Hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a radio tower, and we'll go from there. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, easy, easy goal.
2: Just just rent it, rent it from Hofstra. There you go. Is that how it works?
1: <laughs> I can, yeah, no. <laughs> if we could raise money for a billboard, we could raise money to uh, get the Islanders on the radio. Get, get the Islanders on FM radio. That is not college radio. There how about you go. That? That's a pretty good slogan. Love it. Okay. So with that, let's get some last plugs in here, Mitch, wherever you are listening to this episode, we appreciate you listening, but please make sure to uh, subscribe. So you get all the you know notifications for when a stuff goes up. Uh, you can also please uh, review all the reviews and comments really help us out. So we appreciate all the love and support from you guys. You could also, like we mentioned earlier, join our Patreon. So yesterday we did a free game. So for the preseason game, there is a free episode up there, uh, a post-game show. It's a little preview of what we're going to do for all 82 games this year, and that's coming up real soon. So hopefully we see those Patreon numbers go up a little bit, get some new blood in there. Uh, You can also follow along with us on social media. Uh, Our Twitter is at FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary, and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download our app, which is available on iPhone or Android, the Eyes on Isles app, and of course, visit the website, eyesonisles.com. Episode number 109 is in the books, Mitch. We are inching even closer to the start of hockey season. Gotta love it.
2: So I'm. God, let's get it going. Come on.
1: That'll do it for us. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.